Hey guys, this is Kelly in Den Haag, Netherlands, or The Hague in the Netherlands, and you're listening to Girls Gone Wild. Girls Gone Wild. This is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is episode 238. Uh, Claire, every time I say my name now, I feel like I'm saying it with like a French accent. I'm like, this is Joy. Joy? <laughs> so, Hello? So, oui, oui. Well, Bonjour. you know, at some time, at some point, we have to um, get creative with our intro. We've been doing the same intro for the longest time, but maybe we just keep it. So. I, yeah, don't, don't fix it if it's not broken. Yeah. Um, this week's episode is with Taylor Gage from She Thrives Blog. Taylor is. Um, somebody who's in the, the same space as us, just trying to get out the message for women to, and everyone to kind of take their journey back and, you know, not allow themselves to be influenced by all the shoulds out in the world and by all the crap we see on social media. And, um, Taylor is just adorable and has been, um, on her own transformation journey and kind of realizing all of these things about the fitness industry and about some of the good things about the fitness industry and some of the more toxic things about the fitness industry, how you navigate those different aspects and how to make it all work for you and come together for exactly what you need. So we love talking to Taylor. She is, you know, just a little ball of energy and super fun to talk to. And we hope that you guys enjoy this interview. Yes. Okay. And I also want to tell you guys that I fully dreamed about this all night last night. And so I feel like we're BFFs and we've done this already. So I'm like super ready. That's so amazing. <laughs> so we are one step ahead of the game. I know. I literally, it was like, it was very weird. There was, I can't, we don't have time, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So my first question for you, Taylor, is where the hell did you come from? Because you're just on this amazing journey. And I mean, I mean that in the best way is like, you have this amazing presence, this beautiful presence. And I, I kind of want to know just the snapshot of how you got into the fitness world. Wow. Thank you. Well, it was kind of by accident, to be honest with you. I, uh, I really was not, um, somebody who spent a lot of time in the gym. I was not actually, I really didn't like gyms at all. Like the, you know, the 24 hour fitness scene, like was not, not for me at all. If I was going to be doing any exercise, it was like at home workout videos, like shout out to Shanti and insanity because that was my jam, but I would do it at home because I really was intimidated by the gym space. I wasn't into it at all. And then it was actually one night, uh, I was like scrolling Pinterest and I saw all these photos of these chicks like looking so strong and throwing ropes around and barbells and I just looked so badass to me and I was like how do I I want to I want that what is that and it turned out that that was CrossFit um, and it was kind of coinciding with this kind of change in myself where I was kind of getting fed up with like my own shit and really wanted to make a change in my own life I was just unhappy in my skin and you know, I just wasn't feeling awesome. And so I decided to start working out and I was doing at-home workout videos. And then after a couple months, I decided to start CrossFit. There's like a group on around here and I signed up and I mean, it totally changed everything for me so fast. I mean, it, I, it still, still like six years later surprises me just how 
amazing that impact was on my life. I was actually in the middle of, or I should say the beginning of building my wedding photography business here in Seattle because I had just moved here after moving around a lot in my early 20s. And so I was like settling here with my now husband and putting roots down trying to build this business. And I started CrossFit and it changed everything. I, I feel like every Every free moment I had when I wasn't in the gym, I was like kind of learning how to get better for the gym. I just was so intoxicated like by this by this thing and it was so fun. So after like a year, I started dabbling with my diet a little bit more, fine tuning that. And then it was just like one of those things where people would like, you know, on Facebook, you're friends with people from like preschool, you know, like people that you would n- never necessarily uh maybe not necessarily keep in like you're not close with, right? I'd get, I'd had all these people reaching out of the woodwork on like Facebook and online and like sending me DMs and emails and just being like, Hey, so, uh, what do you, how are you, uh, what, what are you eating these days? And how, like, how are you working out? You know? And they just wanted to know like what was going on. Cause they could see a shift. And I had a really great friend here, Morgan, or have a really great friend here, Morgan. Uh, and she was a certified holistic health coach. And we just kind of put our heads together and we're like, you know what? I feel like this is something that people just want to like know about, you know, maybe we should start a blog. And that's exactly what we did. So we started a blog together and it was, it just kind of took off, like in the sense that like, I feel like it was so fulfilling for me. It was so fulfilling for her. She ended up having a a baby like a year in and just kind of like couldn't maintain all the things. So I sort of took it on and took it over. So it's been mine for the last like three um, years or two and a half, but that was sort of the beginning of it. And yeah, it just like, so I think it sort of started as like a very CrossFit sort of maybe paleo style blog way, way, way back when. And it's obviously really kind of grown into something a lot more as my own kind of journey has expanded and grown. And I feel like I'm more in a space now of just like getting people out of this obsession with perfection and following all the all the thousands and millions of shoulds that are constantly rained upon us. And I feel like it's it's so... It's so fun to help spread that message and help people realize that they don't have to be pursuing all the things that they feel like they should be pursuing. They don't have to do all the things that they feel like they should be doing. And they can actually have fun. They can go their own way. They can like live their own life and be themselves. So that's kind of where I'm at right now in uh, in my own kind of in in this in this whole sphere on my on my platform on my blog. So that's where that's where I'm at, and that's kind of how it came to be. So a lot of the times when we're looking at things that are interesting to us and that we want to kind of explore a little bit more, uh, we are either struggling with or dealing with ourselves. So I heard you say the word should, and one of my favorite sayings is to not should all over yourself. And uh, so what are the shoulds that you have struggled with or that you're maybe going through right now? Ooh, that's a good question. Turning it back on me. Um, So this is actually... Uh, something that I've been talking a fair amount about lately. Um, and I don't, I'm going to do a shameless plug here. I just started a podcast and I just wrote a whole, po- re- uh, did a whole podcast on this because uh, I really wanted to tell this story. I, over the last six to eight months, have put on like maybe like somewhere in the region of like 10 to 15 pounds. And I'm 5'2". So, you know, on my frame, it's it's not like you know, for, I feel like whatever it is, what it is. So I, I have a lot to say on this, which is why I did a whole like episode on this, but that was something that for me, I feel like initially I felt fell into the should 
bucket, right? Like I should look a certain way because of my job, because of not only like running the blog, but also like as my, I'm a CrossFit coach, right? Like I'm in the gym all the time. I'm teaching people how to do things. And I feel like that can become like a lot of pressure for somebody in that position. Like you feel like you have, you should look a certain way to be able to like advise people on these things. And that I think, I mean, I definitely realized quickly that that's not true. And I'm so, so completely at peace with where I am. And so this, um, I, I kind of get into a little bit more, but that, that I think was something that um, I struggled with a little bit in the beginning while I, while I was kind of having this shift, you know? So that was, that was a, that was a should that I had to face for sure. Isn't it funny though that we do that? I feel like that's a human nature thing. Like we just mm-hmm. are, I don't know if it's, I don't know if we can escape it. Do you think? Like we constantly are doing that to ourselves in some way, shape or form. And I can relate. Oh, sorry. I can relate to that big time of like feeling like you need to look a certain way and like being in this position <clears throat> with the podcast and, you know, as a coach, et cetera, and like being not super strong, not look, you know, not being super muscular being, you know, probably a little bit squishier than what most people would think of when they think of somebody who's like, I always joke with my friends, like I'm the least fit fitness influencer you'll ever meet. And, but like, it is, it, you know, it, it has taken a lot of time to get over that insecurity of people of like, what are, what do people think if they meet me? And I'm here trying to position myself as like a leader in this community. And then they meet me and they're like, well, you don't look very fit or like, well, you came in last in every single workout I've ever seen you do. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, so that yeah, I can totally relate to that. Yeah, that is, uh, that was, I think that that's something that we just do, right? Like uh, Joy was saying, I think it has so much to do. This is sort of like something that I've become really fascinated by is this concept of like judgment and this judgment that we not only put on ourselves, but we put on other people. But the judgment that we're putting other people is the judgment that we're putting on ourselves, if that makes sense, right? Like we're always like, we have feelings about like what we're judging people about is usually the things that we're most insecure about ourselves uh, you know, that we're, that we're putting onto them. And so kind of taking a lens and turning that back on yourself can be really uncomfortable and super not fun. Uh, but I feel like you can kind of get more at peace to where you are right now. Um, when you do that, because I feel like this idea of should, and always kind of fighting with what's going on is really like you just judging yourself for where you are right now, like in your life and in your journey. And like, if we can learn to like, like ourselves right now, like with a little bit of understanding and compassion. And like, I mean, I think when we're not judging other people, if you see somebody else having kind of a um, rough day, like if you're actually in like a kind of like a compassionate headspace, right. And you see a friend maybe, and they're going through some shit, like you look at them and you, you cut them some slack, right. You go, you go, you know, she's going through a lot right now. Like she's doing the best she can. Like she's doing everything she can, right? You you never do that for yourself, right? Like I feel like we never say, listen, you're doing the best you can right now. Like you're going through a lot of stuff. Like we never give that opportunity to ourselves. So I feel like if we can find a way to just accept where we are right now without that judging piece, um, then I feel like that pressure of shoulds and all that other bullshit starts to kind of fade into the background. I don't know if it ever totally goes away, but I think it kind of fades. Into well, it's the a lot background. of what I've said before is the you spot it, you got it mentality. And it's a really hard thing to swallow because um, yeah. we humans like to be right and we like to uh, be perfect. I don't think anyone likes to admit flaws or fail or whatever it is and feel bad. But uh, I know that you uh, came from... I don't know. I I think I um, heard you talk about this on your first episode is um, you 
I don't, I, I don't know. You, you say it in your words of like, did you struggle as a teen or did you kind of have a rough, some rough patches when you were younger? <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I, uh, I totally got um, expelled from my private high school, which I was in because I was really struggling in the public high school. I was never somebody who really thrived in like the kind of traditional school classroom environment, right? Like having a lot of kids in the class and just kind of getting the work done just for the sake of the test that you're going to take and not for the sake of actually like applying. You know, I feel like there was such a different, such a different tact that um, was taken in in my public school. Um, And so I got transferred into private school and promptly got myself expelled uh, from what you were saying, Joy. Uh, kind of messing with some drugs that I shouldn't have been messing with when I was like 13 or 14. And so that was like a big, big learning moment for me, like really young. Um, And I, I, you know, I think it was really impactful for me in a lot of ways that I honestly don't know that I've entirely still processed to this day, if we're being very frank here, but I think it was obviously impactful. So I went back to the public school for the remainder of the year, and it was definitely like one of the strangest and most difficult years of my life. And then I actually ended up returning back to the same uh, school that I got expelled from and graduated from that school. So um, I kind of made amends and I had to kind of swallow some pride and I had to go back and do some, you know, make it right, essentially. And then I ended up kind of graduating from that school. And I, uh, you know, in that kind of darker year, like I put on a bunch of weight, I became like very like alone. Like I didn't talk to anybody, like literally it was not an awesome year for me. And then kind of when I went back, it was like my junior year and I just started to kind of find myself again. I started exercising a little bit, which helped me a lot. I started to feel like vibrant and like good in my skin and kind of was, I was owning my life. Like I said, I had kind of righted these things and was kind of finding my own path. And that felt really powerful for me. And so I did that and graduated and then I went to college and then college was kind of just like right back down, you know, into, I mean, I feel like we're all kind of familiar, you know, with like what happens in college. It's not always like the most health focused experience. So that was sort of that chunk of time for me. Uh, And yeah, it was definitely like rough, but absolutely taught me some of the things that like still stick with me um, today. And again, I think I'm still processing to be honest, but uh, yeah, it was definitely a powerful time. You know, like when we go through tough times, it's sometimes we disconnect with ourselves and we're like, it's, I see it a lot of times as a disconnection. I don't know. Do you think, do you think that resonates for you when you were kind of going through those times? Um, Yeah, I think a lot of, a lot of that was just pushed away and absolutely like I tried to separate from and disconnect from. And, you know, I think only recently I've really uh, felt maybe like emotionally ready enough to kind of look back, not necessarily like in that specific year, but just on a lot of the things that, you know, I think we all kind of have these moments, like these standout moments in our past that we just kind of like, you know, we don't love to examine, like it's not comfortable or fun. And maybe we don't love who we were when it happened, or we don't love how we handle it, or we don't love the experience that happened. And I actually, I just read this book that has been so um, powerful for me, I'm like a huge like self-help book nerd, by the way. I like just pour through them. I just can't get enough. But I read this uh, most recent one by this woman named uh, Lauren Handel Zander. And she wrote this book called Maybe It's You, which makes me laugh because it's literally the most like self-helpy title ever. However, 
this book really is amazing and really, really got me thinking. Um, and so she has you go through a lot of stuff and just taking, a, you know, actually looking at and like getting eye to eye with all the shit in your life that you are just so uncomfortable with, including like your judgment and some of like your traits and your family and your history and these moments that we've been talking about. And so that I think has really kind of inspired me to kind of get you know, start turning into that stuff, right? Starting in, turn into the fire that I've been kind of afraid to look at. It's been really, I can't recommend that book enough, by the way. If you're looking for a good uh, book to help you like get kind of past your own nonsense, oh, that's awesome. To just get past all of our nonsense and be done with it. Yeah. <laughs> and then yes. have no more nonsense. <laughs> no, it's over. No, that's yeah, really done. cool. I think um, just from my own personal experience, it is hard to kind of look back. I think as you get older too, you start to things it's that hindsight is 2020 and things become more clear to you. Of course, you're kind of like, Oh, if only I knew then what I know now, but I, I think that's pretty brave. I don't, um, right. I, I, my, I'm trying very hard not to therapy hat this whole thing. Cause I'm just like, Rah! but you know, but I think it's like, <laughs> it's hard for us just as humans to, to go back. And I, I know just depending on what it was that you went through, but there's a lot of things that, you know, we just can want to keep the train moving forward. And we're like, oh, that's fine. That didn't affect me. And then I think one day you just kind of, it may hit you and just be like, wow, that really did affect me. And I didn't realize it that way, <laughs> that way, but, but it's awesome. It's awesome that you're, that you're diving in. Cause that's, it's not an easy thing for anyone to do. No. And I think one of the bigger things that I, I've kind of learned from this process as well is that while some of the stuff might be really uncomfortable to look at, honestly, most of it is absolute bullshit. Most of it is stories that you have crafted from that moment and you have weaved into something that means something to you in a very specific way, right? Like, So when you can look back at it with just a little bit more like objectivity, you realize that like, oh, actually like this event happened. And then over time you added this and this and this and this, and you piled all this stuff onto this event and have made it into something that you now believe about yourself to be true, right? And then you carry that narrative with you throughout your life. And I feel like if you can just take the time to actually take a look at that from a little bit more space and a little bit less judgment. Claire and I uh, have been building our community for what, five years now. So as someone who is doing something similar, uh, you know, out in the blogosphere and podcast sphere, what is important to you when you're connecting with your audience? Uh, that's an awesome question. <clears throat> um, one of the things, and again, I <laughs> I swear this is not sponsored by this book, but this book really inspired me. Uh, my sort of theme, I'm not really like a, gen like a resolution-y kind of person, although it's ironic because every change I've like big change I've made in my like health or life has started January 1st, but I don't consider myself a uh, like resolution-y person. However, after reading this book, I realized that one of the things I really, really want to get just more in touch with my audience and community is uh, more authenticity, like more openness and more vulnerability because I, I, you know, it's so easy to open up your app and scroll through this amazingly perfect, beautiful world of everybody having awesome lives and bodies and businesses and you sitting there going, well, fuck me, right? Like I can't, that's, uh, how do I keep up with that? Right. And you throw your hands up. Like it's so easy to get caught in that, in that stream. And I just, I feel like my mission right now is to 
bridge this uh, sense of connection and community based in like realness, like in, in really in real realness, not in like Instagram realness. And I'm still learning how to do that because I don't think I know how to do it perfectly. But right now that's like my biggest priority. Like I really want to just cut through all the bullshit and really get to the, the, the good stuff, like be real and not just the good stuff, by the way, get to like the raw stuff, I should say. I love that. And I think that's something that we can definitely, again, definitely relate to and just trying to be like, listen, guys, like social media is not real. Like it's time to, time to move on from that belief. Um, but I want to go back to, really quickly, if I can, to something that you said about um, the, you know, the, the experiences that you have and the stories that you tell yourself about those experiences and how you just pile things on on top of those. And I think that can kind of, um, you know, anytime that you make assumptions about whether it's experiences that have happened in your past or even if, you know, bringing this to your comment you just made about the authenticity um, in the, the life that you outwardly show to people, that it can be very easy to um, – use those things to create these assumptions about yourself and and put these labels on yourself that you know you then without even realizing it kind of fall victim to and you know we've talked about joy being like well I have to be the lean girl or like Adi um Kaju was talking about she has to be the girl with the abs or I have talked about I have to be the girl who gets it done like no matter what I you know if you need something done I'm your girl and how much trouble each of those beliefs have gotten us into and so going back to what you said about you know, these stories or these things that happen in your life and then you end up telling these stories on top of them that never were really true. Do you have anything like that, stories that you tell about yourself coming either from that kind of tough teenage period or anything that you've had to overcome of like, I'm the girl who got expelled from school or I'm the girl who, you know, if you're, you know, five, two, I can relate to that. Like, oh, I'm the petite girl. Like anything like that, that you felt like you've had to overcome. Oh, that's a really good question. I that one I I feel like I need to think about a little bit. I you know, of course, I would say yes. Like I definitely think that those things exist for me. I also think that like I have um you know, it's interesting cuz I think some of that too is like is not only like stories that you tell yourself, but it's sort of more based in like expectation of like who you think you are or who other people think you are. And again, to come back to self-helpy books, I don't know if you guys have read The Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin, but that's an awesome book to help you kind of like understand your relation to expectations and what, how you're responding to what people expect of you, basically, like whether it's just like some mundane task, like doing the dishes or like who you are in this world, right? And I am a four tendencies rebel. And so for me, it's actually interesting if somebody has an expectation for me, like you better believe I'm going to break it. And that's kind of been my <laughs> MO. And I didn't really realize it until I read this book, obviously, like I didn't know that that was like a thing. But um, I, so for me, like I've, I've been pretty comfortable, like pushing away things that people expect me to be like, that's always been something that I've been comfortable doing. Well, maybe not always comfortable doing, but it's been something that I've done for a really long time. It's um, kind of who I am, but that brings me to uh, my next point. I think one of the things that I think I've really realized is that when I say things like that's just who I am, I think that I think when anybody says those things, I think that is a, uh, cop out. And that's something I do all the time. I always am like, well, that's just how I am. Like, I'm just stubborn because that's just how I am. And like, I just like do whatever I want because that's just how I am. But I've actually learned that that I think is a cop out. I think it's wrong. I think you can change anything 
about yourself if you're willing to do the work. If you realize that that trait or that behavior is not serving you or doing you any good, like, girl, you can change it. Like, you have the ability to change it. It's not fun. It's not like always easy, but you have the ability to change it. And so I feel like for me, kind of breaking expectations and just kind of being like, that's who I am. Like, that's something that I've always said. And definitely has been a story for me to kind of answer your question, Claire. Like that's always been something I've just said. Like that's just how I am. That's just what who I. That's what I do. That's just part. It's like permanently branded. It's like fixed mindset, right? Like it's just permanent. It's I can't change it. And so that has been kind of like oh, like the world gets a whole lot bigger when you realize that like actually you can change anything about yourself that you want to change. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think um, as I'm listening to you describe that of like you know, you can't just say, oh, this is who I am. I am curious what you think about, like, what's, what's the balance between saying like, that's not a, you know, that's not an excuse. Like it's your responsibility to grow and to evolve and to work on your weaknesses or, you know, whatever your perceived weaknesses or, um, you know, show up in the ways that you need to show up regardless of quote unquote who you are versus, accepting that like there are just some things that you're not going to be good at or that are uncomfortable for you and are, are places that you'd rather not step into on a regular basis. Yeah. Oh, it's such a, I think that's like, I think that's like such a lifelong journey is like walking that balance. I think for me, my immediate reaction to answer that would be like, if it's something that you are fighting with, like on a regular basis, if it's something that's causing you like stress and angst, and it's something that is just like always a source of just not good feelings, right? Like over and over and over. If it's something that you're constantly fighting with or resisting, to me, that means it's probably something that we need to like get into, right? Because I feel like if you can stop that fighting with that piece, with that with that element and come to peace with whatever it is, then we can get into a place that looks a lot more like acceptance, right? And then it's just like, okay, now I can just accept this for what it is versus constantly trying to resist and fight and just like square peg and a round hole kind of situation, right? Versus just coming to peace with what it is and then having a little bit more acceptance to that part of yourself. But honestly, it's, you know, it's so much easier said than done. And walking that line of like figuring out what you can change and what you can't and what you want to and what you don't, you know, I think that's what we're all doing all the time. And I don't know that we ever are like, have it all figured out. But I definitely think asking the questions, like you might not have all the answers, but I think you should ask the questions. Yeah, totally. Um, within that, like, what do you feel has been the the best way for you to, <clears throat> excuse me, to confront some of those places within yourself and, you know, kind of what, I don't know, I, I'm just really thinking about like, you know, I, we follow you obviously on social media and we, you know, read your blog and I know that you um, are very upfront about like wanting to really empower other people and wanting to really get people to, like you said, like just move away from the bullshit and I think that um, it can be it can be tough knowing that everybody comes from a completely different place, but wanting to kind of say like, "Hey, listen, I I'm kind of here for wherever you need to be," but at the same time, like let's let's try to make a common goal and let's decide that like this is where we are um, trying to get to. And I think I mean I guess now that I'm saying this, I guess you can answer this question when Joy said, you know, what do you feel like you're a real um, goal for your message in your community is of just like that empowerment piece. But 
what do you feel like is the best strategy that you have learned in in your process of starting CrossFit and kind of relearning those expectations for yourself that you would share with people to say, hey, listen, if you're in that place of not really knowing, like, you know, maybe you are the person who says, well, that's just how I am. Or maybe you're the person who says, well, I could never try that or X, Y, Z. Like, what are your favorite strategies that you provide to people to say, no, here's how you start to challenge those beliefs about yourself that, no, you actually do have the control over how you show up? Yeah. Oh, good question. I, For me, I think the first thing that I would recommend to anybody who's ever in a place where they're feeling stuck is do something. <laughs> and it's like, you don't have to do something huge. It doesn't need to be crazy. But there's this amazing thing that happens when you just take action, you know, like a body in motion stays in motion. Like once you start momentum for yourself in anything, in any way, it just spills over into other areas of your life. It's like a mini confidence builder. You're like, okay, well, I checked that off my list. That felt pretty good. Or like I confronted this thing that was super scary and that felt pretty good. And, you know, kind of like what's next? Like it kind of gets you fired up, right? Like you are kind of like, okay, I can handle that. Like I did pretty good. And even if like the, the risk you took didn't end out up the way that you maybe were hoping it would, or, you know, thought it would, I think you still come out the other side better and your shoulders back a little higher, right? Your head held a little higher because you, you took it on, you conquered something, like you, you faced your fear. And so for me, I think uh, an amazing place to start is just do something like, and I think it also helps to just like get outside uh, yourself just a little bit. And this is something that actually uh, I interviewed Steph Godreau from Stupid Easy Paleo on my blog a little while uh, back. And she actually mentioned this, which I thought was awesome. And I've seen it in my own life as well, which is why I wanted to share it here and now. But um, I think getting like, I, I think I obviously love self-help books and I love like, like reading and just like thinking about stuff and turning in and like writing and all that stuff. But there's something that really, really cool that happens when you actually get out when you get out of yourself, when you go work something beyond yourself, right? So maybe that's like, maybe, yeah, you're kind of joining a gym to like kind of do something for yourself. But I think you find when you step into like a community like CrossFit, like it immediately immediately becomes bigger than you. That's just like a kind of a silly example. But like, if there's anything that you can do in a way that kind of gets you out of your own head and into the world and like working with people or helping people or impacting lives or anything in any um, way, right. Any meaningful way. I feel like that also pays amazing dividends to like just your headspace and how you feel about yourself and what you're capable of and what you're like willing and ready to tackle. So I think that those two things together are like, are really awesome. And then just also just like talking it out with people, you know, like whether that's like a counselor or just like your spouse or a friend, like sometimes like, um, that's like the best thing that you can do is just have a conversation and just like work some stuff out. I recently listened to a um, Liz Gilbert podcast and she was talking about how when she is feeling creative and sometimes she'll limit herself to creativity looking like writing where she'll be like, oh, I got to go write. I got to go write. And she's like, well, actually, I, if you hit writer's block or whatever it may be, whether whatever your creative outlet is or whatever it is you're trying to accomplish, she's like just put the energy somewhere. You don't have to sit down and write or you don't have to sit down and fill in the blank, whatever should you're putting on yourself. She's like, just go bake a cake or go do something that's kind of like in the zip code of your goal and just kind of put that energy somewhere. And I just love that because I think we can get really myopic with what we feel like we should be doing. And and the movement can look like anything. The movement could yes. legit be like, let's go take the dog for a, for a walk. But getting out of your head, I think is really important. And um, kind of letting things flow in some way, shape or form. So you're not just like chasing your tail. 
Yes. I love Liz Gilbert. Oh my gosh. Her stuff is amazing. And it's, she's totally right. That's, you know, that's what I'm, I feel like we get so stuck in these like headspaces and we get so scared to take action. And I think it is a, I think it was Marie Forleo who said that like clarity comes from engagement, not thought. Like you can sit around and think about shit all day long, but you're never going to get the clarity you need until you're out doing something like engaging in something in a real way. And it doesn't have to be like you just said, the actual thing that you, you know, might want to be doing. It can be literally anything. And getting in the mix of things, mixing it up, meeting people. That's why I love the, my, my word for the year of your connection really has so much to do with that. And I'm already kind of seeing things come to the forefront just from putting that intention out there of like looking for opportunities to connect because I think that just, that just gets without uh, at the risk of sounding woo, -woo, just getting the energy moving in a way where you're just like, Oh, mixing it up where other opportunities are coming from that. So um, I think there's something to it for sure. Yeah, I can't. I couldn't agree more. That I and listen, you're woo or not energy. Like it's a thing, right? Body motion stays in motion. Like get your mind like working in that direction, and just like get yourself, give yourself these little wins. Like create action for yourself, create movement, and like things just happen. You're right. It just kind of like things kind of unfold for you once you're you know feeling ready enough to face the fear and take the first step. Yeah. So as a creator in the space that you're in. What are the things that you're kind of looking to the messages that you're like looking to put out? Obviously nutrition, obviously health, wellness. How do you how do you want to kind of keep that growing? Because I see the spaces needing to evolve at some point. I love that we're kind of taking social media and trying to make it more uh, influential in a way that's positive. So I think that that's a really good thing. But is there anything that you're kind of working on stirring up to, I don't want to say be different. I mean, I'm not, that doesn't have to be the goal, but I guess uh, your message of how you want that to evolve. Yeah, you know, uh, a few different ways, I think. Well, I think they're all sort of the same, but in a, I, think, I think we're so, especially through social media, like we live in like a before and after world, you know? Like that's all, all there is, is like before I was like, <clears throat> excuse me, really sad and like didn't have any friends and like super overweight. And now look at me. I'm like, I'm wearing a bikini on the beach and people just see these two photos. And it's like, that's the world that we live in right now. And I feel like that people feel like, oh, wow, look how happy they are when they're on a bikini on the beach. Like, I want that. How do I? So I have to probably get myself to lose like 50 pounds like that person did. And then I'll, you know, then I'll be that guy on the beach, you know, we're like stuck in this before and after mindset. And I feel like I'm just really trying to drive home, especially like right now that there is, excuse me, no such thing as before and after there is only during, like we are during right now, like it is now. Right. And like, so instead of constantly being, I mean, listen, I think there's value in looking back. I think there's value in looking forward, of course, but we get so transfixed on, on like how happy we're going to be in three months from now when we do the thing, you know, and when life's different. And that I think is a major missing piece for me that I'm really trying to like encourage people to see that like, no, like you, you have that missing piece right now. You just have to like turn it on. Like you have to press the button, you know, like you have it, you have to just acknowledge it and like live it a little bit more. I think also like I, I'm really trying to drive home the difference between like living with restriction and living with healthy habits. You know, I mean, I, again, I do think there can be for some people a time and a place to live in some restriction, you know, for some, right. Like there can be a time and a place to live there, 
However, when you're living there forever, that's the problem. So how do we learn from these like the diets? How do we learn from these like detoxes? How do we learn from whatever program or protocol that we're on or currently experimenting with and just take You'll use it as an actual tool to take the things that work for you, the lessons you learn, and then apply it to your life in a real, real way versus like constantly feeling like you need to be like searching for like the next best thing. Because ultimately all that is, is you're just constantly handing over your own, like your own responsibility to yourself, to somebody else and saying, can you fix me? Like that's kind of what's going on versus you using these as a tool to apply to your life and like learn how to listen to your body, like learn how to take responsibility for that for yourself, you know, and use these things as tools, but then take it back to you and and get off the roller coaster. You know, that's, that's, I think a big deal for me uh, too right now. So those two things are, are kind of my focus for sure. Yeah. We talk a lot about moving beyond the before and after culture. And like when we had Sheree Chan on a couple months ago, she said something which I love pretty much that whole episode. Like I just want to have it like the entire transcript of the episode embroidered on a pillow in my house because it was just gem after gem after gem. But she talked about like, so, you know, you have this after photo, then what? Like, is that just your body that the way your body's supposed to look for the rest of your life? Like what happens the next day? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're, and we have talked a lot about that, that like, we don't really believe in before and after photos, not because, you know, it's not helpful or, or fun or exciting to see your progress, but because this is a lifelong thing. There is no after. And it's ridiculous to say like, well, you know, like this has happened to me a bunch of times. I'll go back and look at these after photos, quote unquote, after photos that I took years and years ago. When I was working out four or five times a week, I was eating strict paleo zone. I was, you know, at the lowest body fat percentage I've ever been at, which granted, like I was never super lean, but it, let's just suffice to say it was a significantly different body type than what I'm currently walking around with. And it can be so easy for me to look at that and be like, oh my gosh, I'm such a failure, you know, and not even other people's before and afters, but my own and look at those photos and be like, oh my gosh, I'm not that after photo anymore. So that then invalidates you know, either that whole experience that I had where I feel like, well, I couldn't maintain that. And therefore that experience that I had doesn't count anymore. Or that, you know, like I kind of said earlier, I'm not kind of worthy of being in this, a leader in the health and fitness space because I don't have this shocking transformation to share. And I feel like so few people truly maintain that after photo or if they do, it becomes this huge pressure for them of once mm-hmm. again, going back to that piece of their identity of like, well, I'm the girl in the after photo. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean for the rest of your life? You know, it, it can't, it's not sustainable. Like you, you're not going to be living your life like that forever. And it's tough to, to have to hold on to that and hold yourself up to that expectation. Absolutely. And something I talk a lot about on the blog and on my social channels is this idea of um, seasons, right? Of like seasons of not only like our life, but seasons of our body. Like our bodies are literally living organisms, which is guaranteed to mean that they are going to change, right? Like that is the only um, constant that you can guarantee is that your body is going to change. And so learning to see that for what it is and just embrace the season that you're in takes practice and it's easier uh, said than done for sure. Um, But I feel like if we can learn to understand that that is absolutely part of the deal and like it's going, it's not 
if it's going to happen. It's when it's going to happen, right? Like your body is going to change, period. Like it's not going to be the same as it is right now, as it is like six months from now or six years from now. And so if you take, I feel like if you remember that, it takes a little bit of pressure off yourself. Um, And I also just like something that I've been really kind of focused on right now, especially kind of like relating to you, what you were just saying, Claire, is like, because I feel like we are kind of both in this space where like our bodies are looking and feeling a little bit different than maybe they used to. And I, um, like I said, I have been thinking a lot about it and uh, I've been perfectly content with it. And one of, I just read this thing online that perfectly, excuse me, perfectly sums up how I feel about this whole experience and like what I want to kind of share with people. And it's a quote by Glennon Doyle, who's another author. um, And it's super simple, but it blew me away. And it just is this, your body is not your masterpiece. Like you, your body isn't the, your symphony, your body isn't the thing that everybody in the world sitting and applauding for, right? Like that's not what, what we're working on here. Like you have masterpieces in your, in your life, like the work you do and the impact you're making and like the, you know, children you're raising, like whatever it is, like that stuff, that's your masterpiece. Like that, that's the stuff that takes the attention. That's the stuff that like you should be proud of and always working on and like trying to improve, right? Like your body is not your masterpiece. And to me, that like perfectly summed up where I am right now, which is I think why I've been so content with the shift in my own body, because I realized that, yeah, no, it's not actually my body isn't my masterpiece. I'm not sitting here to be applauded by a whole bunch of strangers on the fucking internet. Like my masterpiece is like the work I'm doing. My masterpiece is like my relationships in my own life. You know, like that I think was just like such a light bulb moment for me that perfectly summed up how I've kind of been handling this shift in my I own I love Glennon Doyle, Melton. She's the best. Have you read all of her books? You know what? I actually have not, but I've seen all of her interviews. Yeah. You should read the Love Love Warrior book is phenomenal. Oh, I've, I've read it a couple times. It's really good. Um, I, yeah, and I love her approach to pretty much everything she has to say. Um, I, you know, I, I was thinking uh, we got to wrap up here soon, but I think something that's really uh, I think you probably know a lot about is photography. And I, I, I struggle with um, I love social media and we talk about this all the time and how we're kind of moving from looking at it as something that's evil to something that we can empower ourselves with. But I sometimes struggle with like the art of photography because photography is so beautiful. But I think what we end up doing is that whole, you know, everyone shows the highlight reel mentality where um, I kind of want to learn to appreciate beautiful pictures as beautiful (laughs) pictures instead of having to read into this bullshit of like, well, now I have to compare myself to this perfection. So that's on me, right? Like a a little bit of like when we see um, and Claire can chime in on this too, because I we talk about this a lot kind of like offline is like, if I see a beautiful photo of someone's, you know, perfect, quote unquote, perfect beach body in a way, you know, we can look at that and be like, Oh, stop curating this imperfection or this, or I'm sorry, this, um, this, uh, facade of, of having to be perfect. I should say that was like a Freudian slip. And, um, and (laughs) can I just sit and appreciate that, you know, instead of, it, it doesn't that say something about me of being like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm taking this and I'm comparing and I'm criticizing and being like, stop putting perfection out there. Cause it's kind of my responsibility to take care of myself around that. Well, I would say yes and no. I don't think, I think that's such a nuanced, like, you know, I think those are such difficult moments because I mean, my initial reaction is like, well, you know, yeah. When I see a photo of something or someone right with this, like quote unquote, perfect bikini body. And if my first 
my if my first first like gut reaction is a whole mess of shit like just you know either i'm picking her apart or i'm picking myself apart in reaction to looking at that if that's the first thing that jumps into my brain, to me, that means maybe I have a little bit of work to do on my own body image, right? Because I think that that, but at the same time, right? Like it's not that simple, obviously, right? Like, of course, then there's this other side of this argument of like, well, right. Like, are we just putting on these images out online and we're all supposed to just like look like that? Like that's definitely a real thing as well. But I think where I'm coming, where I'm at right now in my own life is like really examining the judgment that I'm putting on other people and examining the judgment that I'm putting on myself and asking the questions about where it's really coming from and how can I heal that myself. And I think to me, you know, whether the industry is putting out all these images of perfectly photoshopped bodies or not, I do still think that at some point it is on us to address like our own, like why our own judgments, right? The industry is always going to be there doing industry things, right? And I think it's still, it's taking a turn and it's coming around. And yes, there are a lot of players in that. And like, I have a lot to say about that, but just on like a singular, like kind of like level, like I think that any, whether it's the a picture of the girl on the magazine or on the internet or the other girl in your gym who you are looking at or whatever, and like putting judgment on, or just like thinking like, oh, I'm not like, why does she have to like show off her abs like that? You know what? Anything any any judgment whatsoever. I just, for me right now, I'm in a place where I think it's really important to just ask yourself where that's coming from because it's coming from a place of insecurity within you that you then potentially have the opportunity to heal. And I think there's so much more power in that. Yeah, I think it's definitely multifaceted and it is, I think it's the responsibility of everybody. Like we um, talk a lot about some certain fitness celebrities who you just look at them and think, you have a million Instagram followers. Do you have any idea the message that you're putting out to all yeah. of those people? Like, I, you know, it definitely goes both ways. Like, it's my responsibility as a consumer of that content to unfollow anyone who makes me feel that way of like, you know what? You are not worth my, my scroll time. If every time something I see something you post, it's going to make me feel like shit. But on the other hand, you have a responsibility as a content creator mm-hmm. to be putting things out there that are, valuable and adding things to the conversation rather than just perpetuating the the problematic aspects that we all know are there and exist and you know taking disordered eating and and obsessive body checking and obsessive working out and you know like clearly habits that are not sustainable for a normal human and promoting those as part of a normal healthy lifestyle and that is what drives me nuts you know what? You're right. And yes, <laughs> but also I think where I'm coming from right now is now I feel like I look at that and I think like now my initial reaction is like maybe they're dealing with their own insecurity, right? And they're using that platform as a way to handle their own insecurity. And so they're not talking about the stuff that we maybe would like to see them talk about because perhaps they're kind of in their own, like they're dealing with it themselves and they're kind of in their own insecurity and that's how they're handling it. And now I don't know that that's true. I don't know that that, you know, I can't speak for these people, but that's the lens at which I'm kind of coming at a lot of stuff now is going, okay, well, um, if that's kind of what they're doing, like, maybe that's them kind of managing their own like pockets of insecurity. I mean, who knows? But I feel like, again, there's so much more power with me handling my own deal than putting it on somebody else to kind of change and fix for for everybody else. 
<laughs> I think right. it goes both ways for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, we are almost out of time, but I have a couple of sort of rapid fire. They, you know, they're not like um, word association rapid fire, but a couple <laughs> kind of just fun <laughs> questions to wrap up with. Um, what is your favorite CrossFit memory? Oh, I think my first muscle up. That was a big moment. I've been working on that for years. And BS, I was like three years ago and they still haven't improved since that first <laughs> one. So they all look like they're still my first one and they all feel like they're still my first one. But that was really fun. What is your biggest fear and why does it scare you? Whoa. Yeah, this Yay. is a joy problem. That um, I just I just created a joy problem. He wow. always does this at the end. She's like, tell me about your childhood trauma. And there's like, Classic. we have one minute. <laughs> Oh no. Oh guys. Um, okay. I'll just go with the simple. I, I always fear of losing my eyesight. Like going blind is like the biggest fear for me. Oh, interesting. Like scares me. Um, if you could yeah. add an hour to your day, what would you do with it? Oh, probably dance or like listen to more Beyonce. Is yes. that, am I, can I say that? I feel like I need more music in my life. Yeah. I feel like I'm just always working or listening to like business podcasts and I would like to dance and like listen to yeah, I would like hour. to chime in on that and say that that's a really good idea. I've been trying to do that more and more when I'm home instead of just putting headphones on or trying to put podcasts on as I put music on or put the, you know, we have a great Sono system in my house and I'm just like, music is so important. I'm not, putting it on in my car and dancing I'm around. Opposite. We need to get back to I that. I never get to listen to podcasts because Miles only wants to listen to the Cars soundtrack. So I've listened to the opening song to Cars with the Sheryl Crow song like <laughs> 7,000 times, but it's kind of catchy. So I'm like dancing around. Anyway, I would much rather listen to Beyonce <laughs> is what I'm saying. Um, what band <laughs> past or present would you want to go on tour with? Go on tour yeah. with? Can I also say Beyonce for this one? I feel like that's 100%. Okay. Yeah, maybe Beyonce. I mean, how can you be wrong with that answer? Like, that's got to be fun. <laughs> what have you crossed off your bucket list in the past year? Uh, committing to this business. I always had this blog as sort of a side hobby. That's sort of how it began, right? Like a bunch of years ago. And it was always just kind of this thing on the side that I did in my extra time, which I did not have a lot of. And in the middle of last year, I decided to go full throttle, which is a little bit why my like body has changed because my priorities have changed. I'm in a different season of my life. But like, I always wanted to be able to say that I at least tried, right? It doesn't need to like win everything, but I just wanted to know if I gave everything I had to this blog and this business and this mission, like what would that look like? And that's what I've done. And I'm really proud of that. Awesome. So where can our listeners find you? Ooh, yeah. So my, uh, my website is shethrivesblog.com. And my Instagram handle is the same. I now have a podcast. Woo, woo. I'm like five episodes in. Uh, and that's She Thrives Radio, which you can find on iTunes and Stitcher. And um, yeah, and on Facebook and all, all those places as well. Well, we are so happy to have met you over the social media sphere. And it's just been a pleasure watching your journey. I can't wait for us to continue to hopefully influence females uh, in the positive, in a positive light and put out messages that are empowering. So I thank you for that. Well, I thank you guys for that too. I see everything you're doing and it's really, it excites me and gets me kind of moving in that same direction. So thank you guys for bringing that to the table.